Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Well, it's Connect Sunday, as you probably notice, and uh, my, my message is a real simple message today. It's called Make the Connection. Make the Connection. I'm not sure if you've ever, you know, been on the tarmac and all of a sudden the plane stops and then all of a sudden you hear this, uh, folks. And you're like, oh dear God, this can't be good. Why are we not taking off? Uh, folks, uh, there's a little light bulb here flashing. It's telling us we've spoken to Tower and Tower's asked us to return to the gate. No, don't return to the gate. Gosh darn it. Uh, the, uh, Technicians are going to come out. The engineers are going to come out, and they come out, and people running on up and down. And uh, folks, it was just a broken light bulb. Um, apologize for the delay, and we'll let you know if you're going to make your flight or not. Connecting flights, many of you have, and you get your land, and you've got to make that connect, and you're just booking it, you know. And it's it's for me, it's always if my flight's departing out of D gates, I arrive at A. It's always, what's the furthest away? Okay, that's where it is. And you, you're booking and you're running, you're running your book. I can't tell you how many times it's just, it's just about to close. Wait, I'm here. You know, and you just, I can't tell you how many times that's happened. Make the connection. If you don't make the connection, you don't get where you're going. That's a prophetic word. If you don't make the connection, you don't get where you're going. This year, 2024, if you say, well, 2023, I didn't get where I was going last year. I had some goals. I set out some aspirations, some dreams, some visions. I put some stuff on my vision card, but I never got there. Well, this year, the Lord would say to you, make the connection. If you'll make the connection, you're going to get where you're going. Somebody say amen. amen. This year is 2020 more. So let me give you three quick points. I completely, I feel like I strayed from my notes in, in the 9 a.m., so let's see if I can get it right in the 11 a.m. So number one, the first connection you got to make this year is connection with God. Outside of that, all other connections don't matter. Your connection with God is utmost, is primary. Make connection with God. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And it's really interesting, that's Matthew 6.33, Jesus speaking. And he says, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear, uh, where you're going to live. Your father, knows that you, your father knows that you need all these things. So I've met Christians over the years who have this, it's unbelievable, they have a rage against anything that's, you know, kind of preaches prosperity, which is from Genesis to Revelation. I'm just, I can't even have arguments with, with the, the just read your Bible and then come back to me rather than me argue with you. It's just nonsensical. But, but, but these people that say, you know, uh, that God wants you, to, you know, to be poor, to, you know, when Jesus says don't worry, he didn't say don't think about. He said just don't worry about it. He didn't say don't, don't plan. You know, where are you living? Uh, uh, Jesus told us not to worry. Yeah, but you've got to live somewhere. Why did, you why did you turn up to, 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 to church without pants on? 
Jesus says not to worry about clothing. No, you knucklehead, you're going to get arrested. (laughs) So just because Jesus said don't worry, didn't say don't think, don't have wisdom about it. He just said don't worry about it. And then he gives gives a strategy. Because it's amazing how many people put the the period there, you know, Jesus said, don't worry about it, therefore I'm not thinking about it. He didn't say don't think about it, he said don't worry about it. He says, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, so seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, then all these things will be added. These are additions. They're not centrals. They're not top priority. They're additions. The problem with the world is a thing called idolatry. We make the things that are peripheral, primary, and we make the primary things peripheral. Jesus came to instruct so that your life would flourish. He says, don't let the peripheral become primary, and don't let the primary become peripheral. If you will seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, you will find all of these things fit, and they don't take you away from me. They don't pull you down from me. They they actually fit perfectly in their right order, in their right place. They'll be a blessing to you rather than a stumbling block to you. You know, I was listening to to a guy who is a bit of a self-proclaimed influencer and he he does have influence. And, uh, but I I only got through about 10 minutes of, and I thought, my God, this the guy's a freaking mess. He's a mess. And he's talking about all this money he's, he's made and how it's so dark, you know, and you don't understand the darkness I've got to walk through to make. I'm like, well, don't. Don't. Or seek first the kingdom. If you sought first the kingdom, you wouldn't have all these issues. You wouldn't have to compromise. You wouldn't have to lose your soul. You wouldn't have to lose who you are. You wouldn't have to be somebody that you don't like. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You finally let God breathe on you. Make connection with God this year. Arise nights of fire is not a suggestion. Arise nights of fire. Listen, it's not a suggestion. It's an impartation. It's an impartation. The Bible says that God created man from the dust of the earth, from the dust of the ground. God created you and I uh, from, from the terra firma, from the terrestrial. But the Bible says God then breathed the celestial into us. He he breathed into man the breath of life and Adam, (gasps) Adam becomes a living being. So when we die, your, your body will decompose and go back into the earth. But your spirit, the Bible says, goes to heaven. Your spirit is the eternal part. Your spirit is what communes with God. The greatest communion you can have is with God. Now, if you talk to anybody who's had, you know, a Catholic upbringing or religious instruction, and you ask them, why did Jesus die on the cross? Most most people, even today, most people say he died for our sins, whatever that means. He died for our sins, and you're 100% right. But what does died for our sins mean? Literally, what it means is that Jesus died to take away the interference. He died to take away the impediment that kept you and I from being able to connect with God. The, Satan was so clever, he knew to separate man from 
his creator, he had to put sin inside of man. Because for God to draw near to man in sin would mean that God would have to judge the sin. The wages of sin is death. Satan was very, very crafty. He put sin into man so that if man was to approach God, God's judgment, God cannot tolerate sin. God is a God of justice, not injustice. He would have to, he would have to sentence to death man. That's why God said, don't eat from the tree. The day that you eat of it, you will surely die. So Jesus died for our sins. When you read the, the, the Bible, which we always encourage, by the way, in Genesis, as soon as Adam sinned, the first thing that happened was the Lord came in the garden saying, Adam, where are you? Adam! It's not that God didn't know where Adam was. It's that Adam didn't know where Adam was. Adam didn't realize he'd eaten from the forbidden tree. His eyes were open. He saw that he was buck naked. They sewed fig leaves together, but that was only the surface of their problems. Adam, Adam was now separated from God. And I want you to understand uh, that, that, that God did sentence to death. The wages of sin is death, but this is how good God is, that, that God created time. He's so clever. Gosh, he's smart. He created time. He created time. The Bible says in 2 uh, Peter 3, 3, I think it's 9 and 10, it says that uh, a thousand years is like a day, and a day is a thousand years with the Lord. God said to Adam, in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Adam lived 950 years, didn't quite make it a day in eternity. Didn't quite, in the day that you eat of it, he lived to 950, didn't make it, nobody lived to over a thousand because the wages of sin is death. In the day that you eat, eat of it, you will die. But this is how good God is. So if, if when Adam sinned, a gun was put in, uh, put, pointed towards Adam and a bullet in the chamber and pfft, the bullet went, God created time so that Adam, Seth, Enosh, Canaan, Mahalalel, Yared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah, all the way through, all the way through the generations, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Judah, all the way through the line of Judah, David, all the way from the line of David down to Jesus, the bullet was traveling. These guys came and then Jesus was the one that took the death on himself. Death came, but Jesus took it. That's why the Bible calls him the last Adam. So the first Adam sinned, but the last, when Jesus died on the cross, yes, he died to atone for your sin and my sin. But what does that mean? It means that he removed the interference. He removed the impediment that stops us from connecting with God. There is nothing greater. There is nothing higher than connecting with God. This year, make it your number one priority. Don't let busyness, don't let schedules, don't let whatever stop you. Go all in this year. Just say, you know what? I'm going to go all in or all out, you know, whichever one it is for God this year. Come to Arise Nights of Fire. I'm telling you, you will receive something. 
Adam received from heaven a spirit, a breath, and he became a living being. I have found in my life, Pastor Leanne and I have had many, many moments and many, many encounters with God where something was imparted in a conference. And what was imparted in a conference literally accelerated. What, what we couldn't have done with our strength and our ingenuity and our labor in three years, God was able to do in three hours through an impartation of the Spirit. There is something, there is something in your life and in my life that can only be unlocked by the supernatural. God is a supernatural God. When you walk with God, the Bible says that Enoch walked with God and he was no more for God took him. And, and before Enoch had this, this uh, test, before Enoch was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. There's something about walking with God. There's something about favor. There's something about the favor of God, the blessing of God, the goodness of God. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. This year determined you're going to walk in the blessing of God. Now listen, people will say, well, hang on. You don't understand. You live in you know East County. And East County has the highest per capita addictions and dysfunctions and homelessness. Sure, that's what the earth dishes out. But we are not just men and women of the earth. We are men and women who come to a house where there is a spirit, where there is an anointing, where there's an impartation, where there's a mantle. If you will open yourself up to the heavenly realm this year, you'll find that a blessing will rest on you that is greater than the curse in the earth. Adam and Eve reached out their hand to a living tree. They reached out their hand and they took what they shouldn't have taken, and death came into the world. Yeshua, Jesus, hung on a dead tree. Two wooden beams that used to be a tree that were, that were killed. That It was death. It was a dead tree. It was a tree of death. The Romans crucified people on these, on these pieces of wood. There were, there were trees of death. God, so brilliant, comes and he hangs on a dead tree. There's no life. There's no leaves. There's no foliage. There's no fruit. There's just Jesus Christ hanging on a tree of death. And the Bible says, just as Adam and Eve took from a living tree and death came, God says, now those who take from the dead tree Jesus Christ, the fruit, life will come. When you receive Christ, when you receive, because why? Because the life of heaven always overcomes the death in the earth. How do you know that? Because they took his body down from the cross and they stuck it in the ground and they rolled a stone over it. And then for goodness sake, they even put Roman guards, like that's gonna do something. But it's just man stubborn. And we're gonna put guards there to make sure he doesn't get up out of that grave. Oh, how's that working out for you, Einstein? And so on the third day, the stones rolled away. The, the angels appeared. The, the Roman soldiers had fainted, and Jesus got up out of the grave. Death couldn't hold him down. He conquered death. He conquered hell. I want you to understand whatever areas of death, whatever areas of demise, whatever areas of dysfunction, whatever areas of destruction that you've walked through in 2023, 2024, no more. It's more in 2024. It's blessing. It's favor. It's increase in 2024. You need connection with God. You need connection with God. Second one is we need connection with each other. So point two is connect with God's design for communion. Connect with God's design for communion. You were created for community. Did you know that? You were created to, for community. 
The first thing that God said is not good in the Bible was for man to be alone. The first thing. God looks down. It wasn't Adam. It wasn't Adam saying, God, I'm lonely. Hello? I mean, Leanne has a comedy shtick. I'm not going to try and copy. It's brilliant on what was Adam doing that God says, it's not good that he's alone. You know, it's like... You know, I'm not sure what Adam was doing. But God's like, oh, dear me. It's not good that he's on his own. I got to create a woman to help y'all. I mean, I'm not sure. Like, even call her the helper. I'm going to make a helper. Said, that boy need help. That's what he's saying. I'm not sure, but it's brilliant. It's great comedy. So, so God, God says it's not good. This, and this is how good God is. Adam didn't say, Adam, I don't even know if he realized what was going on. But God looked and said, wow, I see a need you don't see yet. That's how good God is. He sees things that you're not even aware of. I tell you that one of the greatest things in my life is, is what I've realized is God loves me more than I love me. The cure, the antidote to selfishness is to recognize that God loves you more than you love you. So you can just get on with loving other people because he, his love for you will take care. He sees things. When you're broken, when you're dysfunctional, you don't even realize what you, you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. You don't realize what you don't realize. And so there's, 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 there's this, this beautiful element where God says, it's not good that man should be alone. I'm going to make a helper comparable to him. So God puts him into a sleep. But if you look at the story, Adam's not alone. He's surrounded by animals. And the Bible says every day the Lord would walk with Adam in the garden in the cool of the day. This is how I know the God of the Bible is the real God. Not the God of the Quran. Not the, the God of the Bhagavad Gita, the teachings of Confucius and Buddhism the God of the Bible. How? Because every other God demands worship. Every other God, when you read it, it's like, wow, he's kind of a little bit insecure, a little bit capricious. This is God. God is looking at Adam. Adam is not alone. He has God. Now, I know we sing songs in church. You're all I need. You're all I need. Jesus, you're all I And he's like, yeah, thank you. Not true. Not true. Appreciate it. Good gesture. You might want to read the Bible before you write songs. Appreciate it. Because God said it's not good that man should be alone. Man wasn't alone. He had God. This is, how, this is how I know God is the God of the Bible, the true God. God is so secure that he looks at man who's he, who he's created, Jake Shooty, and he comes to this conclusion. He says, wow, Adam, I am not enough. Just let that wreck you for a minute. God literally says, Adam, as awesome as this is, paradise world. I mean, the, the sights, the scents, the sounds. It's, it's the most stunning botanical garden. He lacks for nothing. Giraffes and zebras and 
butterflies and birds and parakeet. I mean, it's just unbelievable with the presence of God walking. And God is so discerning and so secure. He says, Adam, it's not good that you're alone. I'm going to make a helper. God is saying, I'm not enough. You need, you need this. You don't just need this. You need this. So God created woman. And it's interesting. As soon as Adam woke up, ow, it was tender right here. It was important because Adam would learn to lead her. He needed to learn how to be tender. God's like, I put that there to, to, to set to set the thermostat so you know how to treat her. She needs you to be, I put you in the garden to tend and to keep it, but it's tender here because I need you to be tender with what I've produced for you. And the Bible says when he looks at her, he says, oh my flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. She shall be called womb man for she was taken out of man and he loved her and he called her Eve. The word Eve in the Hebrew means life bringer. She would be the life bringer. It, it's the most beautiful story. God created mankind to have communion, to have relationship. We don't do good on our own. Can we put the first photo up? This is, this is our little grandbaby. This is our little Jolie. Look at him. I mean, look at the little guy. He loves his baths. He loves, um, I know he looks like, hang on, what the hell's going on? No, he doesn't. He's, he loves, he's just got these beautiful big eyes. He's just, he's amazing. He was born December 7. We didn't have to sit with him. We didn't have to sit with him and say, hey, now, Joel, listen, um, we thought when you come into the world, you'd be able to communicate, but you don't have any teeth. So you can't form words. We speak English. I'm not sure if, you know, in utero, they taught you a language. So what about, what about we, we, we do this? Whenever you're hungry, because you've got to eat, son. if you don't eat, you'll die. Very important. Whenever you're hungry, you, because um, you can't talk, cry. You just cry. If you cry, then we'll know you're hungry. If you're thirsty, you cry. Like, we didn't have to do that. It just, he just, he cries because he's hungry. He cries because he needs changing. He cries because he wants to be helped. It's an amazing thing that the world has never not known oppression. We've never not known injustice. We've never not known it. We've never not known where people were suffering in poverty. And yet, you, you'll have, you know, stars like, you know, Bono. We're going to eradicate poverty in our lifetime. So why, 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 why would we do that, Bono? Because we know that there's something, there's never been a world where there's been no poverty. There's never been a world where there hasn't been oppression. There's never been a world where there hasn't been, and yet there's a divine spark in us that we, that, that we, that we long for something that we've never known. We've longed for something we've never experienced, but there's, but there's a divine, I, I'm trying to 
communicate to you that there's a divine, the fact that you hunger for food tells me there must be food. The fact that you hunger for drink, that you're thirsty, that you're thirsty for water tells me that water must, the fact that you long to be loved tells me that there is a God who is the source of love. The fact that you, that's why Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, they shall be filled. When people say, well, you know, what's the evidence of God? Just say, well, Hebrews 11.6 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. The fact that you have a longing for something tells you it exists. The fact that a baby longs for food tells you that food exists. I mean, it's, it's a crazy thing. The, 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 the mama's body produces the colostrum when the baby's small, and then as the baby grows, the colostrum turns into milk. It's exactly what the baby needs. All the formulas and all the factories and all the science can't get anywhere near the nutrients and what is passed down, the, 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 the immunity from the mother that is passed down into the... It's, it's ridiculous. I don't believe in God. Yeah, because you've you got your head in the sand. But if you just watch a baby being born and then come back is the greatest cure for atheism. Explain that. Explain that, Einstein. Yeah, you can't. And so all of those things, there's, there's a longing in us. There's a longing for us to love. There's a longing for us to be connected. Adolf Hitler listened to the idiots that we teach in school, Charles Darwin and Friedrich Nietzsche, because they are, they are architects, they are angels of death. Adolf Hitler wanted to create a race, a master race, an army of men that didn't have compassion. He saw compassion as weakness because to him, compassion was incongruent with Darwinism's selection of the species, natural selection. He, 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 to Adolf Hitler, the, the, the history of the world was the struggle of races. And he believed that the God or nature, whatever you want to call, had chosen the Aryan race to be the superior race. But when he looked at compassion, he called them that compassion was misplaced because why, if, if nature has selected for the invalid or the wheelchair bound or, or the intellectually handicapped or the elderly, the feeble, to, to, to be wiped out by the stronger, the, the, you know, in nature, according to evolution, it's the strong that rules over the weak. I'll never forget one time I'm on the plane with, with this, this guy who was, you know, an atheist scientist, and he was like 81, and he was arguing with me how the Bible doesn't, you know, exist. And I said, so you believe in atheism? He's like, you know, yeah, you know, evolution, evolution. I said, you don't believe in the Ten Commandments? I said, I said, you know what I'm going to do? So when we get off this plane, I'm going to follow to your house. I said, I'm going to beat the schnot out of you <laughs> and kill you and take your house. It's like, you can't do that, you can't do that. I said, why? I said, you're a hypocrite. I said, that's the law of, of evolution. Evolution is the strong rules over the week. You're a feeble man. I was in my 30s. <laughs> it's amazing then how he wanted the police to come and bring in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. Oh, oh, oh now all of a sudden my God's all right? All of a sudden now his laws are all right? They're all hypocrites. They can't live under what they, what they preach. I lost my point. Friedrich Nietzsche. Friedrich Nietzsche, basically from Charles Darwin, said that, that, that nature was producing the perfect man. Adolf Hitler saw that these people, the invalid, the intellectually handicapped, the elderly, the feeble, are what he called useless eaters. 
and, and, and why do we have compassion that we tolerate these people when they really should be, should be that there was a, and so what he did was he got together with his crazy scientists and um, his scientists basically said, well, we should do this. We should, to create this superhuman race, this, this, this army who will kill without thinking, without conscience, without compassion, without any sympathy, without any empathy, what we need to do is we need to raise them from the cradle from the cradle, don't coddle them. When they cry, don't caress them, don't touch them, don't, don't, don't hold them, don't comfort them. And then we will raise this master race that will be this army who will just kill on command without sympathy, without empathy. So they literally started this thing. The problem is none of the children live beyond five. Every single one of them either died of malady or disease or sickness or went insane because there's something. Did you know the largest organ in the human body is the skin? And the skin is literally filled with billions and billions of nerve endings that is sensitive to touch. God created you to be touched. God created you to be connected. God created you to be loved. You need community. We thrive in community and we die outside of community. This year, make a decision that I am going to walk in community. Have a look at this proverb, Proverbs 13, verse 20. Proverbs 13, verse 20. Have a look at this. It says, he who walks with the wise, uh, he walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Right in January 2024, make a decision that this year I'm going to walk with the wise. I'm going to, because he who walks with the wise will be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. You know, foolishness is fun for a season, but it'll cost you. You'll wake up with hangover. You'll wake up with regret. You'll wake up with remorse. I'm telling you, if you make a decision, I want my life to go to a new level in 2024. Make a decision. I'm going to start walking with the wise. He who walks with the wise will be wise. Read Read Proverbs chapter 8 and chapter 9, what wisdom does. With wisdom come riches, honor, and life. If you're like, man, I'm sick of eking my way through. I'm sick of struggling. I'm sick of just surviving. I'd love to prosper. I'd love to flourish. I'd love to have honor. My, my family's name was dishonored. But the Bible says, with wisdom come riches, honor, and life. And if you have a problem hearing the word riches, that's because you met, you have riches without wisdom. When you have riches with wisdom, riches does, doesn't go from the peripheral to the primary. It stays in the, because you'll have the wisdom on how to govern. You'll have the wisdom on how to manage. You'll have the wisdom to not let it become the thing that hijacks and, and derails your life. You'll know that, hey, God has blessed me to be a blessing, and you'll be a source of God's provision and God's goodness in the earth. Can somebody say amen? amen. You need connection. Put the second photo up. This is the second photo. It's my beautiful bride's birthday yesterday. She turned 31 yesterday. It was exactly eight years ago that I bought this beautiful young lady, Laddie, which was our first little Shetland sheepdog. And, uh, and he was a little pup and... They just bonded immediately. In fact, they kind of bonded in the pet, stop, pet store for about six weeks before we even bought him, I think. And, uh, and so I kind of blew it. I didn't read the, we were away in a management retreat and her birthday was right in the middle of the management retreat. And I said, babe, 
what do you want me to do for your birthday? She says, don't get me anything because it's in the middle of a management retreat and it's going to be awkward. I don't want to make a fast. Let's just make it very humble. But Wednesday morning, I said, happy birthday, baby. She says, it's some birthday. I'm like, what? She goes, she didn't even get me a present. I said, you told me not to. She goes, yeah, but I didn't mean it. So I didn't realize at that particular time that when she says, don't get me a present, it means you better get me a present. You know what's good for you. So on the way home, I said, you know what? We're going to stop at the Cheesecake Factory at, at North County Fair. There's a pet store down the bottom. And Zoe and I went down and we grabbed little Laddie. They put a bow on him and we gave. And he was a delight. His last day, his last day with us was two weeks ago. And uh, he, Leanne woke up in the middle of the night and she was like, babe, babe. Someone just opened our bedroom door. Someone just opened our bedroom door. I'm like, babe, I closed the bedroom door. No, someone's in our room. Someone's in our room. I'm like, it's a dream. I've got a knife in my drawer. I'm thinking, ah, you know what? She's probably dreamt it. So I get up, and sure enough, the bedroom door's open. So I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. But then our other dog, Daisy, is crazy, and she ain't barking. If somebody would have came in, we'd know. She's better than an alarm system. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, hang on. What's going on? And then I look, and I see little Laddie. And normally I just, you know, usher him back out. He's got his little pet. But I just felt this little rush of compassion. Don't put him out. Let him sleep. And so he slept on the, the floor beside Leanne's bed. And then in the morning she had an, uh, an early appointment. So she took Laddie for coffee. He loves to go to coffee with, with Mama. So he goes to coffee. And then we meet at our coffee place. And so he comes for a second. Now, I'm not allowed to give him coffee. But while she, I'm giving him coffee. So... He drinks the coffee. It's so funny. He's so cute. And he drinks it and he gets, you know, especially when it's all frothy. He's got it all around his, up in his eyes because he just laps and it's everywhere. And uh, he's so cute. And then he came home and we gave him a treat. And he, he threw up the treat, which was really unusual. And then he went and sat by, by Leanne's mum's feet and just kind of lay down. And then Leanne comes over and she goes, Laddie, Laddie, come on. And he wasn't, and then she, as she came over, his little tongue was out and was all blue. Leanne's, Leanne and her dad rushed him to the emergency care, but he was dead on arrival. And it was just, it was just devastating. And so I said to Leanne, I said, oh, babe, you know, um, do you want, like, can we, she says, no, because nothing can replace. And then I'm reading in the Bible, which is always a great book to read, Joy. And, uh, and it said this, it says, Isaac was in the field and he looked and he saw Rebecca approaching. And Rebecca said, who's that man? And Eliezer said, that's my master's son. So she covered her face with a veil and she went to Isaac. And Isaac took her into his tent and she became his wife and she comforted him in the loss of his mother. And I said to Leanne, babe, God just spoke to me. And I said, laddie, will never be replaced. We can't replace Laddie. Laddie is waiting in the gates of heaven. Now, I know there are, there are people that tell you that dogs don't go to heaven. Liars. Your pets will meet you in heaven. And I promise you, when we get to heaven, if your pets that you love are not there, I give you permission for the next thousand years, every time I pass you, you can punch me in the face. I promise you. That's how confident I am. 
Because I heard this, I heard this guy years ago, dogs don't go to heaven. I'm like, yo, calm down. Whoa. Like, yeah, it's heaven. Like, like, do you really think that God's like, no, it was just enough to get you in here. Now be happy. Like if, if, like God created dogs in the, he created the animals in the first place. The only difference is that your animals in heaven will be able to communicate with you. The Bible says, and the serpent said to the woman, has God really said? In the garden before the fall, the animal kingdom and man were able to communicate. Only after the fall did we lose the communication with the animals. Your, an, your pets are in heaven. I know that Lulu and Laddie are waiting for us in heaven. So I said to Leanne, I said, baby, I said, nobody can replace Laddie. But would you let me get you another little Sheltie to comfort you? Laddie is Laddie. And so we got this one. This one's Lassie. And I had to, long story short, because I don't read small print. I thought, I thought the breeder was in California, but I don't read details. So I send, after I send the deposit, I'm like, yeah, so whereabouts in California are you? I'm not in California. Where are you? New Mexico. Oh, shoot. So I got an early morning flight out there. And as soon as I saw her, she's so beautiful. And then I FaceTimed my Leanne. And the reason I put this picture up is because to see the smile and there's tears smile. There's sometimes you can be so happy you're crying. It was one of those beautiful moments. And when we got her back, she is so beautiful. She comes from a, a breeder. She's purebred. We got all the certificates. But we noticed something, Brian, that, that when we went to pet her, she would put her head down and back off. When we let her off the leash, she would kind of run and hide from us. When we put her on the leash, she would just sit and she would just shake. She wouldn't walk with us. And at first we thought it was just the, and then as we began to do a little bit of digging, we found that because she was a show dog, she was shown and then put back in the kennel. She was shown and then just, you know, put back in the crate. She was shown. And then we realized that she'd never really been loved as a pet. She'd been shown as a shown dog, shown as a so she had perfect breeding, but was relationally, wouldn't play. Like she wanted to play. She almost, like she saw a tail and she went to chase a tail. And then she stopped like, oh no, f forgive me for playing. Like it was just like shut down. I'm like, and then I'm holding her and she's so beautiful. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, uh, yeah, but nobody's ever told her. And so now we're like, okay, you know what we're going to do? Devil, we're going to love the hell out of her. We're going to love the fear out of her. I got a text message. She, she found a voice. She wouldn't bark. And, but today she's running around the backyard and she's barking at birds. We're like, so she's coming alive. And I just said, isn't it interesting that we, you know, bought a purebred dog and still God has always orchestrated that whenever Leanne and I get a dog, it's always a rescue. It's all... There's always rescue. And I kind of feel like it's a compliment. I kind of feel like God looked down and said, okay, I can bring this one who is unloved and not treated well, not the best brought out, and I can bring them to you because you'll do that. 
in community, you can have the best breeding, the best family, the best zip code, the best house on the street. You can have all of those things. But if you don't have a community that tells you how beautiful you are, that tells you you're awesome, don't go where you're tolerated. Go where you're celebrated. Don't go where you're tolerated. Go where you're celebrated. Connect groups are so important. I love Pastor Michael and Pastor Lisa. They are stunning people. One of the greatest things, and listen, I know I'm, I'm out of time and I'm already off script. And Let me just say this, that in the Christian world, one thing we want you to put, make sure you keep pushing it down, keep pushing it down as a second. It's never meant to be a first, is your performance. The Christian world is notorious for creating performers. How you doing? Oh, blessed and highly favored, pastor. Well done. You read that from a script? You know, it's like we, we, we create performers. We, if, if we turn up, and there's a lot of people, they do the right thing, but it's the wrong motivation. So they'll serve on a team, and they literally serve themselves to exhaustion. And it's awesome that you're serving. It's awesome that you're volunteering. But serving and volunteering is no substitute for connecting. No substitute for connecting. We had a, a beautiful family move here. They were very, very broken, and they immediately wanted to serve. And God said to me, tell them not to serve. I said, no, you're not to serve. You're just to sit and to soak. And their whole identity was valued in what they did in the church. And God said, exactly. And, and God said, I need you to break that. And I remember the wife coming up saying, you know, in tears, saying, we've never been to a place where we were loved for who we are, not what we do. I want you to know if you never served, if you never volunteered, that would be sad. But if you never served, we would still love you. That Don't think that you've got to do to be loved. You are loved because of who you are. You are loved because you carry God's image. These people love their team. When I look at Jake Shooty, I mean, he's a leader, he's a preacher, he's got business savvy. He married Joy. How on earth he married? I can't. There's, there's gold. I look at, I mean, Gene Kaiser, what a word this morning. There's gold in here. The Virilis, are you kidding me? There's gold in here because they love. You deserve, make it a decision this year, you're going to have fun. I was talking to somebody in the break and they were saying, you know, we had Christmas and then we had Friendsmas. They had Christmas where they had, you know, family over. But the longer I live, I'm like, oh, dear God, families work, <laughs> isn't it? You, some of your relatives, dear Jesus, you, life is better with friends. Life is better with friends. Isn't it true? I've gone way off script. I don't even know what point three is. Yeah. Point, uh, here we go. Stand, stand to your feet. We've got we to finish. Point three, and I just want you to turn your palms towards heaven. So this, I want to impart something to you. Point number three is the third area I want you to connect in 2024. And I, I need you to kind of almost like get a, get like a, a, a determined, a determination in, in your spirit. That this year I'm going to connect to God's future promises for your life. God's future promises for your life. In, 
in fact, if we can throw, throw the scripture up, Genesis 41, 49 to 52. Have, I want you to have a look at this. And I want you to read the scripture, and then I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray in impartation. This is about Joseph. Genesis 41, I think it is, 49 to 52. Genesis 41. Here it is. Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain like the sand of the sea. It was so much that he stopped keeping records because it was beyond measure. Verse 50. Before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On. Go to 51. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh, saying, It is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. Next one, verse 52. The second son he named Ephraim and said, It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering." I want you to think about this. Joseph was the kid, the coat with many colors that his brothers hated him. When he came out to see his brothers, they put him in a pit and they were going to kill him. And then Reuben and Judah interceded and said, hey, we can't kill him. He's our flesh and blood. Let's sell him. So they sold him to the Ishmaelites. The Ishmaelites took him down in chains down to Egypt where he was sold again to Potiphar. He is now not just a foreigner. He has no passport. He has no visa. And he's sold as a slave. So he has no voice. He has no rights. He had a dream when he was 17 of sheaves in the field bowing down. He had a dream at 17 of the sun, moon, and the 11 stars bowing down to him. But now he is in a foreign land, given up for dead. They told his daddy he was dead. Nobody was coming to look for him because daddy believed he was dead. He is a slave. He is a, a foreigner. He has no visa. He has no immigration papers or status. He has no voice. He is a slave. It gets worse before it gets better. Because Potiphar's wife thinks he's slave boy. He's chattel. I can just use him as I please. So she says, come and sleep with me. He says, your husband has put everything in this house under my care. He doesn't look into anything. There's not a matter that he's put under my care that he doesn't look into except for you because you are his wife. How could I do this great evil and sin against your husband and sin against God? And even though day after day after day she tried to seduce him, he rejected and resisted till one day she caught him by the the coat in the house and she says lie with me and he left the coat in her hand and ran out and when she realized she had the coat his coat and he could get out there first and tell the story she screamed rape rape he said nothing he didn't defend himself because she would have perished so now he's in a prison surely in a prison for the attempted rape of a high government official's wife should be the death knell. It should be the death sentence. It should be just flip, flipping, give it up, boy. The sun, moon, start going to bow to you. The sheaves in the field are going to... You are in a prison for the attempted rape of a government official, a high government official. You were here as a slave. You have no, you have everything in the natural to say that there's hope has been extinguished. And yet the Bible says, and the Lord was with Joseph. That's why the first connection to God 
If God is with you, it doesn't matter what is going on. He's a God that can bring life where there was death. He's the resurrection God. He's the God of all hope. He's the God of all things are possible. The Lord was with Joseph in the prison, and Joseph interpreted other people's dreams. And he was exalted to the right hand of Pharaoh. And when he gets to the right hand of Pharaoh, isn't it interesting? Put the last verse back on. In fact, I think it might be, sorry, do, do, I think it's verse uh, 50. Put verse 50 back up there. 4150. Have a look at this. Before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph. Have a look at this. Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, Potiphar, Potiphera, priest of On. It was Potiphar's wife saying, hey, if you want to have sex, how about some adultery? How about secret, hidden, secret liaisons, something that will never be in public, something that will give you pleasure, but it'll be, and he's like, that's not God's best. It's only when you have a vision. That's why God wants you to draw near to Him and why the devil wants to separate you because you'll settle for second best. You'll settle for scraps and you'll settle for dregs when you disconnect from God and disconnect from the promises that He has. He's like, this is not how it's meant to go down. So have a look at this. Instead of Potiphar's wife, adultery, he marries the daughter of Potiphar, priest. This is a girl who's raised with a, a reverence for God in a home where there's separation, consecration, dedication to God. She's raised in purity and she becomes his bride and gives him to, don't ever settle for, maybe you might need to disconnect. The devil, every time he's tried to give you drugs, booze, an affair, it's always a counterfeit because he knows what God has got. Don't settle for second best. Don't settle for second best. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. I've gone over time. Lift your hands to heaven. Lift your hands to heaven. Father, this year, 2024, I pray that every single person in Awaken would connect with God's promises of future blessing, God's promises for God's best. The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians that all the promises of God are yes and amen. Connect this year with God's future promises. What are God's future promises? They are yes and amen. God wants you to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. God wants you to be blessed coming in and blessed going out. I cancel debts. I declare supernatural debt cancellation. I pray for those who have been stuck in the rent cycle, unable because of high rents to, to get it. I, I prophesy 2024, a breaking of the rent cycle, and they're going to purchase homes supernaturally. I rel Release the purchase of homes, the purchase of homes, the purchase of their homes. I declare those who are crippled with uh, student loans and student debts, I cancel them this year in Jesus' name. Supernaturally, Father, sweep over your sons and daughters. I pray those who have come from divorce or separation that have given up on love, I thank you this year is a year of love. It's a year of romance. It's a year of marriage. It's a year of courtship. It's a year of engagement. It's a year of restoration. I pray for those who are estranged from their, their, their parents, estranged from siblings, estranged from loved ones. I declare a reconciliation connection, a reconnection, that they make the connection again this year. Father, draw near to all these people. 
In a moment, the altar is going to be open. If you need prayer, come down for prayer. But listen, if your life is not right with Jesus, the most important connection you got to make is connection to God. Second to that, join a connect group. Get into the connect group. Start doing life. Start flourishing and start thriving. And then the last one, connect with the promises of God. Come on, lift your hands high and say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, I declare that you love me more than I love me that you see what I need when I don't even see it. So this year, Lord, I'm going to choose to believe your great promises for me to have a great future, that I am blessed. I am highly favored. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.